Yeah, I'll say bless the Lord. You say, oh my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Kairos. Thanks for being with us tonight. Kairos is our honest and unique attempt to love God and to connect uh, to each other. We want to be the kind of people who bring the whole gospel to the whole person anywhere, anytime, with anybody. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been having uh, conversations and I'm constantly aware of trying to bring the whole gospel to the whole person and more and more of the conversations I've had with people and also sometimes when I'm noticing where I'm at personally, it feels like there's a level of soul fatigue. All right, you guys are in trouble tonight. There's a whiteboard and I may or may not use it. I'll get out of the way. Awesome. Um, so part of the whole person is your soul. And so we believe that God created us with minds, bodies, spirits, and emotions, and that integrated the way that they connect to each other is called the life of the soul. But I've kind of noticed um, with some people is there's a lot of soul fatigue happening. It seems to happen in different ways. Sometimes it's physically, sometimes it's mentally, sometimes it's emotionally, Feels like sometimes there's a lot of people I'm talking to or dealing with low-grade depression or increasing levels of anxiety or just incredibly dissatisfied with circumstances and how they're responding to those circumstances. So again, we want to be honest and unique. So we're going to be honest about what it is that we're walking through. And I think one of the unique ways that we're going to try to address that together is I'm not going to tell you another thing to do tonight. In fact, it'll probably be just be the opposite. Because uh, I think the Bible's pretty clear that there's a priority for us as human beings made in the image of God that being precedes doing. And that we need to discover how it is that we can rest in God. Now, the Bible has a word for rest. It's called Sabbath. And so we're going to do a soul care series together, um, and we're going to walk through what does it look like to have a consistent rhythm of Sabbath keeping. Now, you may have baggage with that word. You may have never heard it before in your life. You may just think that refers to two hours on a Sunday morning or Saturday if you're really astute on uh, Jewish orthodoxy. But we'll kind of unpack some of that stuff together. I don't just think this longing for rest is necessarily one that's spurred on by the biblical authors. I think it's in our culture. I think everywhere you look, people are longing for rest and restoration. Now, uh, I'm a child of the 80s, and so there was plenty of pop songs around and rock and roll songs when I was growing up that talked about this man just working the grind. Uh, Lover Boy, 80s rock band, said we were working for the weekend, right? You got Johnny Paycheck, who is the hero of every musician and independent contractor in this room, who said it best, take this job and shove it. I ain't working for you no more, which was awesome. And you probably blared it on your radio as you did whatever to your boss, only to make a U-turn in three weeks. And you're like, take starving and shove it, man. I just need a paycheck. Um, And then you've got Dolly, who talks to us about working nine to five the virtues and vices of it, which after Dolly started singing, I'm not sure she worked nine to five anymore after that, but (laughs) that's for her. I don't know what your culture's is. I was asking Matt, maybe it's Rihanna. Work, 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 (laughs) work. Is that close? 
I think Miley Cyrus had some song, but I can't remember the title of it because my eyes are gouged out sometimes from the way she presents herself to the world, but I'll pray for her. Um, can someone bring me a table out? Because this is going to get awkward. That'd be great. Um, so we're going to talk about Sabbath keeping. Um, and uh, I don't think it's just our songwriters that are reflecting uh, a cultural longing for, hey, man, I need purpose. Thank you uh, for my life. And uh, if this job is all that there is, uh, I, I need something more. Um, there's increasingly amounts of secular and scientific research that are going to affirm what the Bible's always told us all along, that God created us to have rest. Um, so there's this author who I've read, I love this book, it, he's by no means writing from a faith perspective, um, but biblical wisdom seems to keep popping up everywhere. It's Greg McNallan, and it's his book called Essentialism. The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Listen to what he says. We value non-essentials like a nice car or a house or even intangibles like how many likes we can get on Instagram or how we look in Facebook posts or photos. As a result, we neglect activities that are truly essential like spending time with our loved ones, nurturing our spirit, or taking care of our health. So the Bible has a word for nurturing your spirit. It's called Sabbath keeping. And that's one of the primary ways that we can access that rest and restoration of God. Um, now, I, this, the things that we're going to remind ourselves of, it, probably a lot of you are going to shake your heads and go, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, and a lot of the biblical principles uh, that the Bible gives us, we have no problems participating, agreeing, and a lot of times calling them common sense in other areas of our life except when it comes to our spirit. So you, you guys get this, right? It, you need to have routines and patterns in your life to free you up. So doing dishes, right? You just need to do them regularly, okay? Now you guys learned all that at a young age. I didn't learn any of that stuff till I was college. I was a late bloomer. Um, we, we lived in a ghetto fabulous apartment off campus. It was like $400 a month in rent and we split it between like 10 guys. Um, <laughs> because that's how we roll. Uh, and you know, you just, you just keep eating. No one wants to do the dishes. Everyone argues about whose is whose. And then it just gets to a place where no one's taking ownership and you're just gonna see how you can outweigh each other. You've got like no dishes left. You're eating on the back of pizza boxes. And finally somebody breaks and in a rage tries to recruit everyone. We're cleaning up these dishes. And it takes like two and a half hours, right? Because it's like insurmountable. You're digging out stuff, man. You had wings and blue cheese and there's new things on the periodic table because of your neglect of what's in that sink. You're bringing out a jackhammer to try to get some of that stuff out and you're just like, guys, never again, all right? From now on, once a month we do dishes, not once a year, okay? And you, you learn, you try to do that. Laundry, right? <laughs> yeah, you start wearing t-shirts, frontwards and backwards. You know what else you do that with? And then finally you just reach a breaking point that Febreze can't even cover up. And you're like, I, I said, I gotta do it. You take it. But back in the day, we had laundry mats. It's like $9,000. I won't confess to you all the ways that I did not spend that money, but I've repented since then about my hacking materials back then. But it makes sense in those areas. That you need 
a routine system that just becomes automated so that you're freed up to do the things that you were designed to do. Do you think God has a system for our soul? A place and a time where we get to declutter and maybe scrub some of the things that have built up over the week and ask the healing power of his gospel to rejuvenate us again and to make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. If we don't do that, I'm afraid that the stain on our soul is the temptation that we will naturally drift to is to always define ourselves by what we're producing and what we're achieving. And if you live there for too long, you will find yourself that your soul identity is in your productivity and your accomplishments, and all of a sudden, you'll develop patterns in your life without even knowing it that exploit yourself and exploit others. And you're gonna get to a place in your life where you realize the gospel has just become a footnote, not the overarching narrative that you're trying to live into. So that's why I think Sabbath keeping is an important practice for soul care for those of us who are trying to become who Jesus intended us to become. And I'm really glad that the Bible speaks about it in incredible ways. And so if you have your Bible, we'll be in Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 8 through 11. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. While you're turning there, let me pray for us. Jesus, through the, through the power of the cross and Holy Spirit, through your regenerative power, would you bring peace and rest and restoration into our souls tonight? Would you help us to creatively imagine a life lived in rhythm with your biblical principles so that we are more free and more alive and more able to do what you're calling us to do? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Exodus 20 and starting in verse 8. Now, two things while we're reading this, I, I want you to see if you can notice. One, what's the context of this verse? And two, what's the motivation for Sabbath keeping? Got it? Oh, and I totally forgot to tell you guys this. Um, we're going to do this series for about four weeks. Um, and I think at the, the last one, I'd love for us to have a Q&A time where we get start to dialogue. We're always trying here at Kairos to figure out different ways that we can initiate a conversation with you guys. So uh, there's the number. If you have any questions or comments throughout this series, start blowing us up. Um, I don't want to wait till like the last week and go, hey, does anybody have any questions? And you're like, bro, I can't remember what I had for lunch today, uh, let alone what the tar you talked about five weeks ago, okay? I've got more important things in life. I get it. So again, if I say something you disagree with, there's a different number you can text it to. I'll give that to you later. <laughs> um, but if there's a comment or a question or something that really resonates with you, just text it to us real quick and then we'll compile all those. Um, and in a couple of weeks, we'll sit down and we'll try to start dialoguing with those things. Sound good? Cool. All right, scripture. Remember the Sabbath, verse 8, the Sabbath day, and keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter or your manservant, which is what my wife calls me sometimes, or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the aliens within your gates. For the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. Okay, so, did you catch the context? What verses does this fall in between? What section of scripture are we reading? Ten Commandments. Interesting. Does anybody find it curious that smack dab in the middle of the Ten Commandments, God considers keeping the Sabbath as important as not killing someone? Not having an affair. Not lying, not stealing, but keeping the Sabbath holy. Isn't it curious, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we've decided that this commandment's optional? A lot of you may say, but Jesus fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law, Chris. I'm not under law anymore. I'm under grace. Great. We'll talk about that in two weeks and Jesus' ideas on the Sabbath. So stick around or just text that question to me. I'll get it, okay? (laughs) So that's the context. Did you catch the motivation for keeping the Sabbath? He references creation. He's telling us that as God created the heavens and the earth, it's in the DNA of creation from our creator to rest. Hey God, if we would turn back to Genesis chapter one, you'll find some very, very interesting contextual clues, right? Uh, on the sixth day, um, we show up. And creation goes from good to very good. God blesses us and commissions us and gives us this monumental work to do. Name everything. Okay, great. That's a big list. All right, we'll get started as soon as we can. Be fruitful and multiply. No jokes there. But you've got a lot of stuff you need to get to, right? What happens after they're created? Day six. What's on day seven? Doesn't sound like a good strategy, does it, God? We have so much to do, and yet the very first day that we get to have at it, we're resting? Even more curious, if you'll go back and read Genesis chapter 1, after every day that the Lord creates, the scripture says it was evening, and it was morning, and it was the first day. Now, in my dyslexic brain, that makes perfect sense. But for some of you, you may be like, what's wrong with the Hebrew writers? Are they writing backwards? Yes, actually, but that's not affecting it, okay? <laughs> the Hebrew understanding of day, which comes straight out of the creation account, was that the day began in the evening. And then the last half of the day was actually the morning. Embedded in creation is... You were not designed to rest from your work. You were designed to work from your rest. Listen to how Eugene Peterson says it 10 times more eloquently than I ever could. We go to sleep and God begins his work. As we sleep, he develops his covenant. We wake and we're called out to participate in God's creative action. We respond in faith and work, but grace is always previous. Hello. Grace is always primary. We wake into a world we did not make into salvation. We did not 
learn. What, what, what does that mean, Chris? Mark Buchanan says this, every living thing requires a portion of rest in order to thrive. Do you think we're the exception? Absolutely not. Now, you guys may be saying, great for your Eugene Peterson quote. Sounds real flowery. I'm sure theologically that gives you goosebumps, but I got to go to work tomorrow, bro. What does that mean for me? I'm glad you asked. So I'm not so good with the practical sometimes. So what I'm going to do is invite up Matt Purdom, our discipleship minister. You can call him Captain Purdom. Everybody give him a hand. Bring him up here. This is Matt's whoopee, his comfort um, thing. So Matt gets really comfortable when he has a whiteboard to teach. If you guys don't know Matt, discipleship minister, leads up uh, our Bible reading groups, an incredible job. You need to get to know him. Uh, Honor to work with him. Uh, he's getting his doctorate in biblical languages and discipleship. And so um, anytime I have a question, rather than pulling off a commentary, I go jump on his back and say, tell me what this means. Uh, so set the stage for us real quick. Um, give us, first of all, because I love it when you write in Hebrew from memory, because um, it teaches me not to compare myself and find my identity uh, and my productivity. So I can't say Greeking out on us. If you would Hebrew us, uh, yes. some, a little, little something something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on one side, what Chris has been talking about, that we rest these two concepts and we work. And so the, if you look in Genesis 2, um, these two words show up. And in Genesis 2, verse three, 2 and 3 is the Hebrew word, the verb. There it is. I, someone just, the Lord said, you need to get that tattoo. <laughs> yeah. I, guarantee, I guarantee it. I'm not saying it was and the so, Lord. I'm saying someone perceived that the yeah, Lord just told them yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, please consult me when you want to do a Hebrew tattoo. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen some ones that are a little bit off, but so that, that word is uh, Shavat. Can you say that? Shavat. Shavat. And uh, in Genesis 2, 3, it says when God created everything, that he ceased, he stopped working. Um, but there's another thing that's really interesting about this verb here, that if you look in Genesis 2, 2, you see the same word. It says he, he rested. But what's really important about understanding that verb is that when God had created everything, he celebrated. Isn't that interesting? That of over all that he had created, he was celebrating, so, and then he ceased. Right. So, like, a lot of times you see it literally translated like, he ceased, or Shabbat Shabbaton. You like that? I practice that. Um, so you're, it's not just, I sit still, and to observe the Sabbath, I, I can't move, I can't do anything. How is celebration not work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how does celebration not work? Yeah, it's um, when it doesn't work. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, uh, a lot of times we would think celebration is activity. Oh, yes, yeah. So resting can be active. That's right. Okay. Yeah, resting can be active. Right. Yeah, just recounting about what God had done instead of, you know, what happens is we think of it as, man, we work so hard and then we totally veg out. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got an illustration with you. Um, so pretend that this is a rope, all right? And you grab it on the rope. So a lot of times... Like pitfall type rope? Yeah, pitfall type rope. Okay, Indiana good. Jones throwing the, you know, snap. And we're grabbing on this rope. And a lot of times we think of it like that in the beginning of, you know, it's Sunday night, we're getting ready for work. 
and we feel kind of rested, you know, we've vegged out a little bit in those past couple of days, we grab on that rope, and then we just go, hang on, you know, till, till Friday night. <laughs> hang on. Here comes all this work. We're just hanging on. Um, and so what happens is we work, you know, and we're not coming from a place of rest. But like I told you before, the, the work side here is it's in Genesis 2.15. So what does God do to man uh, in Genesis 2.15? He puts man into the garden, all right? And there's something that happens there that's really neat, another Hebrew word. He puts him in the garden, and it says he does it with the purpose to work and to keep it. And that word there for, another Hebrew one, the word there for work is avad. Can you say that? Avad. You're going to have to transliterate that one for me. (laughs) So avad, A-V-A-D. Thank you. Um, Yep, sorry, Chris. It's okay. (laughs) You can work on that later. (laughs) That makes him crazy. So that word there, by many scholars, avad can mean to worship. Uh Uh-oh. To worship. The, the curse, where it becomes striving to produce, doesn't happen until Genesis 3.23. But here God puts man, That's good. the natural tendency of work, is for worship. So break this down for me for someone um, who's got a normal job. What difference should this make in my life as I try to integ- integrate Sabbath keeping into soul care? I got a lot of work to do. I got, I'm trying my best, um, but I find that the work is never done. What can this, how can this help give me a diagnostic or how can give, help this give me a better picture of what my rhythm should look like? Yeah. And I think it starts with the mentality. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, honestly in our work that we're not thinking about God's presence and what he's doing. That's good. So we spend six days without his presence or seven days without his presence and forget that, man, if I just would include God in my work those five days, six days, what he could make up for those days that we're not including him into it. So as we're working, we're then throughout the day, maybe, you know, just retreating to spend time in prayer if you have that availability. So you're saying there's, it's possible to Sabbath not just one day a week, but then also finding micro rhythms within the yeah. day. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So we were designed not to rest from our work, but to work from our rest. That's right. So that we start here, and then we don't leave God once we've rested. Yeah. His presence actually helps us here. That's right. I think that's awesome. Give it up for Purdom. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Thanks, buddy, for breaking it down. This is a big deal, and one of the questions I want you guys rolling with into 120 seconds as we try to listen to what the Lord had for you is... Where do you struggle to worship more? In your work or in your rest? Where would it require more faith for you to see God move? Is it in your work or is it in your rest? Some of us, we we do, we, we need to develop a healthy work ethic. Some of us are continually passive and we're just waiting for God to do everything for us. That's not how creation account goes. He invites us into his creative work. But I have a sneaking suspicion a large majority of you stay over here until something cracks within your soul. 
And what does it look like for you to demonstrate your faith in resting and not just working? I remember one preacher said it this way, that he struggled with being a Christian atheist, which meant he believed all the right things about God, but when it came time to work, he worked as if it was all up to him. And a lot of times the reason we neglect this is because we don't trust that this could ever be done. But the cross says something different. Jesus says that his work is finished on the cross and that he has provided a way for us that we can partner with him in his restored created order, resting and working in harmony with him. So let's take 120 seconds and just kind of lean in and listen in to what the Holy Spirit might have on your name for it tonight. So again, our, our goal here is for you to get to a place where you encounter the resurrected Jesus through worship and through reading of his word. And we're just gonna pause and ask ourselves the question, where do I need to experience greater faith or greater worship? Is it in my working or it is in my resting? And then once you answer that question, maybe just ask the Lord this, what could be the smallest step of obedience or faith this week that I could live into the reality that you're calling me to live? Let's listen together.